And God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Pastor Pinda is a pastor of a Loyalty House International Middleburg, which is a part of the United Denomination, originating from Lighthouse Group of Churches. His mission is to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out devils, and raise the dead throughout the world. Pastor Pinda has a passion for soul winning and church planting. Be ready for a supernatural encounter as you listen to this message. We ask you, God, that you minister to us and you change our lives through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You are blessed. You may take your seats. I don't know whether it's hot today or is it the praise and worship? Which one? Which one? It's the praise and worship. Let's clap our hands for them. <laughs> Hallelujah. I hear last week it was a powerful Sunday. What did you learn about last week? What about forgiveness? Hey, that you must forgive, just that. Wow. So, today I want to continue on the subject of forgiveness. What do you think? Hallelujah. And we are going to talk about the importance of forgiveness. Do you know that we cannot live on this earth without the ability to forgive? Even whilst you are here in church, someone will offend you. Just in jail. Even my preaching can offend you. Maybe the first sentence I take out, you are offended. Or sometimes you find that when you are a pastor, you find you are preaching and by the time you are preaching, you are looking in a particular direction. Then the person says, why does the pastor hey! looking at me as he uses this topic? Hello. Does it not happen to you sometimes? Or don't you feel it sometimes? There is no reason why That this guy was told. That's why he looks at me every time he preaches. But the Bible says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, it, it searches and it pierces. It goes to find things that are hidden. Hallelujah. So we are going to talk about the subject of what? Forgiveness. Amen. And I want you to listen and understand why it is important to forgive. Are you here or you have gone home? Now, Satan has tricked a lot of Christians in that a lot of Christians don't know that God forgives you to the extent that you forgive others. 
if you don't have the ability to forgive others you will also not be forgiven that's how it is so one of the techniques of how to forgive people or a, a, how you can help yourself to forgive people is by realizing of how much of a sinner you are and how much forgiveness that you need and realize that you must extend the same thing that you want you must extend to your fellow human being it cannot be that you are a Christian and you say in 2010 hey World Cup. You even yeah, World Cup. describe the scores. When that event happened, that, no, no, this team was losing by this match when this happened. You were wearing pink socks, blue shirt, and green trousers. That's when it happened. When you are a Christian, God expects you to forgive. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. As if we my Bible, go look at chapter 6. God expects you to forgive. Unkulunkulu buge gutsi ukolele. Let me find my verse first. I'm sure it is Luke chapter 6. Before I go to other things. Oh, Luke chapter 11. Wow. Luke chapter 11, sorry. Luke 11. Luke chapter 11. Now, it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples and he said unto them when ye pray say our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins and forgive us our what? He told them that when they pray, they should ask for forgiveness. The Bible teaches us that if you say you do not have sin in your life, you are a liar. And the truth is not within you. The Bible teaches us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We sin in the things that we do wrong. And we sin by the right things that we do not do. We sin in action. We sin in thoughts. 
We sin also in feelings. Hey! Do you see that your scope is very wide? You are thinking about drinking. The Bible says that if you are a man and you look at a woman, you know, lustfully, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm sure even when you are a, when you are a man, it says when you are a man, but I'm sure even when you are a woman, when you say mm-hmm. it says that you have already committed adultery. Because you can sin in thought. The fact that you thought about it. So we have a lot of things to be forgiven. There are a lot of things that we must be forgiven for. But now he says that you cannot, when you pray, ask for forgiveness. But it then states the condition for the forgiveness. It doesn't say that when you are too good, you'll be forgiven. It doesn't say when you preach powerfully, you'll be forgiven. It doesn't say that when you attend church too much, you'll be forgiven. It doesn't say that when you are in the praise and worship, you'll be forgiven. It says that you will be forgiven to the extent that you forgive others. My question to you this morning is how much have you forgiven others? To what extent are you willing to forgive? If people sin against you and there are certain sins or wrongs that they commit against you that cannot be forgiven, you are actually telling God that there are certain things that he shouldn't forgive you for. If you say in your heart that if a person does this to me, I will never forgive that person. You are telling God that if you do certain things, he must never forgive you. I want you, David said this. He said that search my heart. Search my heart. And see what is within me. If you forgive me, if there's something within me that is not pure, take it away. Remove it. And one of the things that we have is bitterness. It's bitterness. For, for you find that, you know, the reason that we are Christians I want you to understand this. The reason that you and I are Christians is not because we are good. No matter how good you think you are, whether you are a, you are a virgin 1.0, virgin 1.2, virgin 2.0, hey, even if you are wearing a purity ring, you do not drink, you have never drank a drop of alcohol. Oh, Even communion, you don't want it. You say it will define you. Hey! When people are smoking cigarettes, the smoke alone moving around, you choke. Your Bible is this size and it's King James. Hey! Even if you are like that, 
Noma Unchalo. You are a sinner. Usoni. You are a sinner. Usoni. And we are Christians. Not because we are good people. We are Christians because God forgave us. As you are seated here, what qualifies you to be a Christian is nothing that you have done. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. We are here because God has forgiven us. Understand that. Therefore, understand that your Christianity depends on the forgiveness of God. You need to be forgiven above everything. And for you to be forgiven, you must learn how to forgive. Amen. Someone is saying, Pastor, you don't understand what happened to me. Even you, you don't understand what happened to God. You see, God is not like us. We only see external demonstrations of people. Which this, this is wrong or what this person is saying. But God also knows your thoughts. God forgives you today knowing that five minutes later you are going to do that thing. If I would come to you and do something wrong to you and as I am do, after I have done it I ask for forgiveness and I tell you verbally that I'm going to do it tomorrow. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Eh? We forgive based on the fact that we hope and believe that the person will not do it again. But God knows that you are going to do it. Even if when you are crying and saying, Lord, I have changed. God acts as if you have changed. Though he knows you have not changed. He plays along and forgives you as if he doesn't know that you are still going to do it maybe 10,000 times. People who cannot forgive others find it hard to believe that God has forgiven them. And the Bible teaches us this. The prayer that avails much or that produces great results is the prayer of a righteous man. For your prayers to be answered, you must first believe that I am righteous. You can never believe that you are righteous without believing that you are forgiven. And if you cannot forgive, you will never believe that you are righteous. So you will always expect that, you know, God will do this for me because last week, Sunday, I didn't drink. Hey! 
I've seen it, I've been a pastor. As we are seated here in church, we are believing God for a job. A drunkard man just said, and they testify, you know the person is drunk. Says, it's your friend which you have invited last week at church. Glory be to God, Bazalwane. Sporty black label. And they purposely. Sorry, Bazalwane. Kalak. Let up Faras Bamlan. I just came to bring my testimony. God has done glory in my life. Last week, Saturday, Bengi Mshaya. I was drunk. Mshaya strong. I drank a lot. Then Sunday morning, in Petfel Papalasi, I'm Sunday morning before I came to church I and the pastor preached very nice. and I accepted the word from the pastor and the pastor declared that may this one find a job and then I believed as well Wednesday the following week I call I got a call Wednesday the following Bang week. They told me now I've got a job. You have been we here in the church. This friend of yours now has a job. When I do a local praise and worship, you bring 10 people to the church. What is the difference? This drunken one. He probably acknowledges that I'm a drunken one. I need to be forgiven. He forgives because he knows that he cares a lot. And for you, you are using your own righteousness to try to persuade God to answer. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You see, for your prayer to work, you must believe that you are righteous. To believe that you are righteous, you must believe that you are forgiven. And for you to easily believe that you are forgiven, you must easily forgive. Clap your hands for Jesus. So God teaches us in his prayer that he will forgive us to the extent that we forgive others. Now, I want us to discuss, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure whether I've forgiven the person or not. Some girls are seated here. You lost your virginity when you were 14 years old. You are still angry at the person who broke your heart. Right now we are 34. 20 years later. When you hear the name Spusiso, you get so furious. And say that idiot. Hey! Sister, it has been 20 years. Come on. Come on, sister. Come on. Hey! It also happens to brothers. You play with girls. Then you find one that you love. 
Everyone that you love plays with you properly. Forget Kalen. One touch. Hey! One touch football. And your heart is broken properly. That's when you start hearing people, men are dogs. Including your father, including your pastor. Am I a dog? get hurt so much that they change and love their own sex. Yeah, I know, I know a lot of who are like that, who are now on the other side, who love, who say it's better to love another woman because men are, are a problem. At least if it's a woman, then they will understand, we will understand each other. Hey! Bitterness. So, signs of unforgiveness. Number one, I want you to smile during this session. <laughs> malice. Write the word malice. Kiss who? I erase malice. Not millerize. Malice. Bishop says that according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, one of the signs of unforgiveness is malice which needs to be put away. It says that malice must be put away. What is malice? I'll give you an example. Malice, according to the dictionary, means a desire to harm others. A desire is a sign that you have not forgiven. If you have a desire to harm the person or others, it is a sign that you have not forgiven. Because a guy broke your heart, you say that I'm going to break the hearts of many other guys to balance the score. One one. Balance the score. The desire to harm others is malice. I know a lady once, you know, gave a testimony. She was an she was an HIV activist in a way. Or motivational speaker. When HIV was starting then she came to our school to tell us about it. Because by that time there was stigma around HIV and AIDS. She said that she loved the man so much. She gave her all to him. When the guy said that I want to sleep you without with you without a condom, he, she she was free. After some time, she started getting sick. Getting sick. Getting sick. Later, she found out that she was HIV positive. When she engaged the guy. The guy said he always knew. But he didn't find it important to tell her. And she had bitterness. And then she went around. Sleeping with other men. Only for the sake to give them HIV. She didn't know that there is reinfection. 
So she started seeing her status deteriorating even more. When you have malice, when you have malice, you have the desire to harm others. You end up harming yourself even more. You separate. The guy finds another lady. Now you go and date somebody else just to spite You want to balance the equation. But in your case, you find out that you become pregnant with a guy you don't love. Oh, you get HIV. Malice harms you even further. Some of us, the things that we post, we are posting to show the ex that you are nothing. Because I'm sure the guy who broke your heart began a polo vivo. He was probably driving a polo vivo. They are always the, the primary suspects. Polo vivo drivers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bishop says that one brother A does something against you and you have the desire to harm or hurt him. That is malice. The desire to harm others shows that you haven't forgiven the offender. When you have truly forgiven, you won't desire to harm the person. Do you think God desires to harm you? That is why when people are sick or they lose their job, after maybe they have backslidden or something, then they say that maybe God is punishing me because in them there is a there is a mind of malice. That when someone has done wrong to you, you think the person by harming you, or that is how you are. And when you do something against God, you always think that God will retaliate by doing something bad against you. You find that people don't receive their healing. Because they think that Unkulunkulu is punishing me with this disease. It's time you think about that. You must find someone who is healthy and remind yourself that it cannot be. You find that there is a healthy rapist. A, a healthy serial killer. The people in prison, they are not dead. They are still healthy. They are not eating supplements. And multivitamins there. But they are very healthy. So why do you believe that God is punishing you with a sickness? It's because you have a mind of malice. And it reflects also in your relationship with God. The church is quiet. Look at your neighbor and ask this malice tendencies of yours, please. Please, please. A desire. That's why a lot of people, when Corona came, you see some people are writing, God is, is correcting us. God is fixing us. Prophecies are coming out all of a sudden. People with the spirit of malice. God is sorting us out with Corona. This same Corona that closes the church. The church. God is sorting us out. Hey! 
you are a wife. Hello, hello, oh, wife. And you have a secret desire to harm and punish your husband. Then that is madness. Hey! Let me see the age group here. Okay, the age group is proper. Bishop tells us of a story. Bishop was tell a story. Of how a wife was punishing a husband. The wife would bought a wheel that spins like this. And if the husband wants to have sex, he must round the wheel. If it stops on sex, then he will get sex. And there was only one spot for sex. So one out of seven. Hey! On his birthday, the wife would allow the husband to round the wheel two times. To say you get two chances. Yes. Men usually do malice to women by saying that if you don't behave, I will take away your, the money. It's malice. Women do malice, they say, X, I'm closing. Nothing here, Fahala. Hey! It's malice. The way you're looking at me is like, you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, what's happening? I'm intimidated by your faces. We are scratching somewhere. This one is for the married ones. You who are not married, don't worry. Don't worry. One way you can tell that you have not forgiven is when you feel uncomfortable to mention the offender's name. Or when at the point when you say you can when you can say Lord I let him go or God will take care of it then malice is gone when you curse the offender and wish him ill or plan how to hurt him then malice is still lingering It's a sign of malice. Put your hand on your head and say, Father, help me to overcome the malice in my heart. And we are born with you had malice is that when something bad happens to the person with ulaegi. You said it's yeah. something right. Mshito. It was only it. a matter of time. It's a sign of malice. These people can be at your workplace when they fire your boss and you say, finally, thank you, Jesus. Hey! When they break your ex-boyfriend's heart, you say, finally, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Say the one that does not sleep. that my lord is alive hey it's malice it's malice it is what malice 
And as Christians, we shouldn't have what? Malice. Keep your hands for Jesus. You are malice-free. Malice. Aha. When your friend now is telling you that, no, I wish this and this happens to so and so. Now you know a new English word. Say, please, my friend, don't have malice in your heart. It's not cool. Number two, a sign of unforgiveness is anger. The dictionary defines anger as a strong feeling of hostility or displeasure. Hostility. You are hostile towards the person. Bishop says that I remember one lady that came with her husband to the church office. The the husband said something which was not exactly complimentary about his wife. She exploded. The hostility was so glaring and and her behavior was so bad that the husband rebuked her. Is this the way to talk? Don't you respect the pastor? He asked her. Then I sensed that the strong feelings of hostility between the husband and wife were because of unforgiveness. You see, most of the time, when we do not discuss issues as they happen, the issues build up. They keep on building up. There are people by character who avoid discussing issues. When an issue is coming up, you want to run away. You say that it will later. That builds up. And over over some time, it leads to what? Hostility. And total fight and a breakdown in communication. Because when the issues were starting, there was no discussion. By the time the pastor is called in, it's war. World War III, already a nuclear missile has been sent to the other side, and another one has been sent to the other side. Hiroshima has been destroyed. Some, some of you have taken the position of North Korea and you are sending bombs everywhere. Some of you in there, you have become Boko Haram in the family. You are terrorizing everyone out of anger. Hey! Tell the next Boko Haram, Sister Boko Haram or Brother Boko Haram, Ushinjanin. So anger is usually a product of a build-up of offenses. The fight started a long time ago. The light is just a bonus. It's just icing. It's just... When now you call me the pastor for counseling, when danger? No. What's wrong? 
I asked him that 8 o'clock should drop down, but he switched off at half, 5 past 8. Do you easily get angry? You have a lot of unforgiveness. It's a sign that you have a lot of unforgiveness. If you I'm preaching to a church member here. Your life is changing. I see you today. Stop being angry. Can you smile for a change? Even now that you are in church, you are looking at me with serious eyes. What is this guy saying? Anger. You know, God, sometimes when I'm angry, I, I, I easily get God just asked me that, you know, if I would get as quickly as angry as you, what will happen to you? Because I will just wipe you off. I will just wipe you off just like that. Then I have to, you know, maybe I have two exhaust pipes. I have to open the other two, maybe four pipes then, you know, ventilate and calm down. One of the ways to solve things when you, are, you easily get angry is that, you should first calm down. After you have calmed down, then discuss the issue. Because discussing things when you are there, you will, you will just add. If this was a knife fight, now you have gone with AK-47, you have come with nuclear bombs and other things. It has spoiled the thing. Anger is not good for us. That's why the Bible says that God is slow to anger. He's slow. He's slow to anger. He's slow to anger. And if we are children of God, we must be what? Slow to anger. May you be very slow to anger. And quick to forgive. Somebody's life is being changed. Number three. A sign of unforgiveness is wrath. Which is defined as extreme anger. One of the signs of the, of extreme anger is that the person begins to act wild. One church member told me last week that she was angry at the sister. I think the sister didn't want to give her money to come to church. And she took a, a glass and threw it at the sister. She was telling me after church that before church, these are the events that took place. As you see me wearing my nice dress, I almost moved my sister with a glass. Hey! Some people go wild when they are angry. Some men, they beat the woman. Ladies, there is no love that adds up to you being clapped and beaten. No matter what you have done. That, that is a bad sign. Already you must see early. Don't say I deserved it, I did what? The Bible says that men should love women 
why husbands should love their wives as God has loved the church. God doesn't clap us. God doesn't clap us because we are out of order. That's why you will even, if you are like that, you will believe that the bad things that are happening in your life is because of God. Right. When you say, let's go visit the pastor and say, for what? You are on a war path. Hey! Number four. A sign of anger is clamor. The dictionary defines clamor as a loud, abusive language, loud demands and protests. Throw your hands, you throw, throw your toys out. Say, how dare you? And the neighbors are always listening to your house. What's on what's and my going RDP on. are closed song. What's your team? When you shout, the neighbors can hear you. Loud clamor, loud speaking. So God is saying that we must not raise our voices. It's a sign of anger. You see, and you know, unforgiveness also hurts other people who are innocent. The fact that in general you are angry, in general you are angry, and because of another person, you end up hurting other people who have nothing to do with the fight you have with the other people. You are angry because of something that has happened at work. There is unforgiveness because of treatment that took place at work. You bring that whole unforgiveness home. And your house is upside down. Your friends are hurt. Because of your inability to forgive. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. How can you come to church? So nicely dressed. So sweet and holy. And go home and quarrel every day with everyone. The ones who look nice and neat and well gathered are the same people who turn the place upside down. If your next door neighbor decides to record the string of loud abuses, your pastors will be surprised at your behavior. Like if we can put a recording device in your house, what will we get? Especially couples, you find that you are wearing two pieces. You are matching. The only time you talk together is when you are in church. Immediately when you go out, no communication. 
every man for himself god for us all kuluva for himself Bishop says that I know of a Christian church where there was so much disharmony that the pastors fought openly in the church. You find that sometimes even this clamor is amongst the church leaders. Always fighting and arguing. And unfortunately, let me say this. This is one of the things that make women not to do well. Most women have their, a greater ability than men. That's what I believe. But you teamwork amongst women. Women can't do teamwork. No, no, what teamwork? If you tell yourselves amongst each other, you say, how dare they? Did you see how they Why gave me a look? In Saba, we got to start to some Marakulmana. We can't go to Conindo Limping and start to some. And you find arguments. Chaka, chaka, chaka. That's the Tola Guia Leo. Chaka Rumba. Chaka, 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 chaka. Women, let the loud quarrels amongst you end, even in the church. Let there be harmony amongst you. Yes, I'm going to give you something. After church, I want you ladies, your job is to go to three other women and compliment on their compliment those other three women on their dress and their hairstyle. Oh yeah, good assignment for today. You say that for some of you, this will be very difficult to be like, like If they are not proper dressed, should I compliment them? How the pastor says that? Number five. Number five is one of my favorites. Slender and evil speaking. Slender or slander, not slender. Hey. Slander and evil speaking. To slander is to say bad things about someone or to backbite. Which people do we usually backbite? Our bosses at work? You forget that your aspiration is to become a boss. Your aspiration is to become a supervisor. But you are always saying best things about your supervisor. Your dream is to become a supervisor. Don't you think that this bad seed you are planting as a subordinate will come for you one day? Don't you think one of the reasons you are not a supervisor is because of what you are saying? When me, uh, 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 in my history of being some supervisor HOD here I always hear stories like even on recently I heard that some people who were retrenched before they say that they cannot apply in the whole mind because which means so much power who once worked at the mine. Who should have job at the mine. Wow. People will backbite you. When you are walking around, you, especially as a pastor, you see that 
I have wounds. Some of you, your, your two teeth are even. Then the reason why you don't share is because you, your two teeth are still at my back. Take if your teeth are, are, are enough. If some of them are missing, it can be that they are on my back. Yes. Back bites. When I gain weight, it's a problem. They spend the church money. Look how Last much they spend. Last time I fasting? That's why I'm wearing like the that's why one of the things we say when you are a Christian, when you will hear that, no, no, why do you want to call him? I can't call him now. Because this is just between us. You are backbiting. And we backbite each other, even in the church. When a person turns their back, you have gone to hold a meeting in another house to discuss. You have moved. Like now, when we end church, you will group Master each other and you might be bite people in that group just after church. With one eye, which you are born. You say you look, you see that one. I to say that if you are, your desire is not to help a person, don't talk about that. If you don't have a desire, don't even talk about their problems. If you don't have the power and the desire to help them, don't talk. Don't Oma, and do not be quick to talk because that thing you are laughing at the person for, it will quickly come to you. The Bible says that let he who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. It serves them right. You know it's what I think. It's the way she carried herself. Mm. I just knew that this marriage will not last. Let's call the person. Tell the person that you will not be able to do it. So people are walking around with wounds on their back because of us. How many have you wounded? How many have you wounded with your words? You know, human nature is interesting. Bad news spreads very quickly compared to good news. When something happens, it moves very fast. When something good happens, very slow. Who are the people who have been employed by the bad news company? Backbiters. The information in Puma, with someone close to the person with the problem, takes out the information. That's why I will tell you this. Even if you are in church or you are a Christian, be careful of who you tell your problems to. Not everyone is mature enough to handle your problems. The person you call your friend is the one that 
Because you have not assessed that this person I'm telling all these things, is this person mature enough to handle this information about me? Never trust a person that always tells other people secrets. How they get the information in the first place is because they trade people's secrets. They take your secret, tell that other person, that other person tells them and then they come and tell you. When they come to you, they say it's ban ban. They don't tell you that they don't say that in order for me to get this I spoke about you the way the church is so quiet I feel like I should end hey don't forgive me most of the examples here are about husband and wife you will get married very soon don't worry he says that a husband once complained to me, this bishop, Pastor, my wife is very wicked. Mercy. In fact, she's a witch. This guy said, if you have ever seen a witch before, you will know what I'm talking about. I told him, then you must be a wizard to have married her. <laughs> Evil speaking. So this husband was evil speaking about the wife, saying that the wife is a witch. Telling Bishop that if you have seen a witch, then you have seen my wife. And Bishop said that then, because you have married, that means you must be a wizard. And it usually happens that when people break up, they act as if there was never a good time. They just want to speak evil of the person and paint the person as a bad person in order to get their point across. And usually when there are arguments and we have brought a third person, we exaggerate the information so that people feel sorry for us. You become a good storyteller with spices by the time we hear we feel sorry for you but that is not actually what happened me if you come to me I will tell you now if you come to me and you say so and so whether your husband or wife or whoever you say this and this happened I will say whoa 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 let's call the person please it's call this one moon. So say Uto Kuluma. Kuluma. When again? Ah Pasta. We are born a pasta. You see Pasta. Hey Pasta. Now the story changes. A lot of people don't stick to the same story. They tell you one thing when the person is not there. When you call the person and say sit here. When repeat what you told me. They say, no, let's you didn't tell me past. that. You didn't tell me that. The church is quiet. We are almost done. I know. The church is hot. I'm on the last one. Yes, someone, please don't test us when we go out. Obvious, our temperature will be up. The last one is bitterness. Bitterness. You are bitter. 
Bitterness can be defined as degenerated unforgiveness. I define bitterness as a long-standing degenerated unforgiveness. The word degenerate is defined as to pass into worse state than one which is considered normal or desirable. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. Let's go there. I'm going to teach you about spiritual diabetes. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. One, two, three, go. Let's read. One, two, three, go. Can you change the version? Let me see. One, two, three, go. Message. Maybe the message will be nicer. Let's see message. Yes, one, two, three, go. Your whole relationship can be ruined because you have been bitter for some time about other issues. One time I was cancelling a couple. It was in 2015. And we were discussing that they had a quarrel about money. And then the wife started to say in 2006 I knew that there was no solution to that. I stood up and I left. In 2006 so meaning I must start in 2006 after I solved 2006 you will tell me that December of 2006 31st, just before 2007, again there was another problem. When will we get to 2015? When? When will we get to... It's, it's a whole camp. We need, you know, I need to even charge them for per hour after that because we are going to sit there. Hey! Because of what? Bitterness. So some of us, we cannot let go of things quickly. We want to take the person on for years. For years. Minyaga. Every argument starts with in 2000 and what, what? Words like when a velunje. And to say you are like this, you have always been like this. I remember. 
one day. When the so and so, you did this and that. You are bitter. You are bitter. And it it, it doesn't help you. And Agok says, Do you know diabetes? Who knows diabetes? When you are diabetic, one of the things is that once you have a wound, once you have a wound, it doesn't heal quickly. That's why you see some people and then then it doesn't heal. Then the whole leg starts then because the person has what? is diabetic. Some of us, we are spiritually diabetic. Once you wound, the wound was a small scratch. But you allow it to develop to progress up until the whole leg is cut off. One time, a bishop saw a certain doctor who didn't have a, a toe. Bishop, and he asked, he asked that, hey, what happened to your toe? He says that I got hurt. And after I got hurt, it started to develop some cancerous what, what problem. I was told that in order not to lose the whole leg, I must cut that big toe to save the rest of the body. When you allow bitterness to develop, you are risking your whole life. You are in a relationship. You are always accusing the current person of something because you are bitter about what someone else did. You are always suspecting the current person because you are bitter about what someone else did. Some parents, women, are bitter. They do not want the fathers of the children to know the children. Because what Because you denied him at first. And said, This is not my child. From that day, you say, My child will never see this man. Because he's not supporting. They will not see the child. Which verse is that? Then you tell the, the child and said your father died and the father is well alive. Why are you lying? It's bitterness. He broke your heart. He disappointed you. And I agree with you. I agree that what he did is wrong. But why should your child suffer because you are bitter? We need to overcome these things. We need to overcome these things. We need, you see, Jesus said that forgive them as he said, he first said this, he said that Father, they do not know what they are doing. Even though you knew that they know what they were doing. 
In order for you to forgive people, you must make excuses for them. Don't allow a person to make an excuse for themselves. You yourself, you must make an excuse. Otherwise, it will be difficult for you to forgive the person. Say the father of the children was immature. That's why Even though you know that he was mature. Well, 40 year old. Make excuses for people who wrong you. Make excuses for them. Sometimes in my little maybe you must say in your heart that maybe this person was not raised. Because some well. of the character deficiencies in people were molded in them when they were young. That is why, you know, before, let, let me tell you this. Before you say, I do, I love you, you must check the background of the person. Something. One time a church member told me that, you know, I'm in love with this girl. Since second year, first year, we've been together. And by that time, he was, he was working. He said, I'm, I'm going to marry her. I asked this guy. So, are the parents of this girl married? He said, yes. I said, how does the mother treat the father? He said, since the father drinks, and the mother is a Christian, the father is made to sleep on the couch. They make him cook for himself. I immediately told the brother that forgets. This relationship will not work. If she as the daughter agrees to what the mother is doing, forget. This is a family of anger and bitterness. You will see the same flames. He said, no, pastor, I'm in love. In fact, he even stopped coming to church for some time. want to control me, I'm in love. Some few years later, I said, where is the pride? He looked at me. Instead of saying, he said, pastor, you were right. She goes through my phone. If she finds that I spoke to any female, she calls that person. Whether it's my female boss, my colleague, or what, she will call the person and and fight with the person. I found you. The call starts. I, I found you on my boyfriend's dial number. Who are you? And then the fight comes on. He said that I had to separate with her because I could easily even lose my job. Two people have told me similar stories like that. And I have told, you see, you cannot, the background is already a reflection that there's a problem. That's why when you enter into a relationship, you must sit down with the person and say, tell me more about your exes. What happened? Don't just say, what happened in the past relationship is likely going to happen in the current one if there are no correction measures put in place. 
But without historical background and just love, you are going to see flames. Mlilo. Tabula puts avutumlilo namazambane. Avutumlilo. You will see flames, and as people say, it will end what? In tears. And with a WhatsApp to your pastor. pastor it has ended. So the background also tells you that there is a problem. So if the person generally towards others, we are quarter towards others, who Peter, don't think you are a special case. That's the nature of the person. And if you are that person, God is giving you grace. God is giving you grace. Let's stand to our feet. Clap your hands to Jesus. You know, this sermon, means slow. This book is one of the most powerful books. Eh? I think we should get it in the church. What do you think? Forgiveness made easy. Hey! I want us to pray. The prayer is simple. You are going to remember the people you have not forgiven. The ones you remember, you will keep you will pray and say that Father, forgive me as I forgive. You mentioned the person's name. I'm sure some husbands and some spouses' names are going to come up. Some exes and some currents are going to come up. Some parents and some siblings are going to come up. Hey! Some colleagues and some supervisors will come up. Hey! If you finish quickly, I'll see that you are not praying. Because I know you. I can see on your face that you have a very long list. Some of you will say that, oh God, forgive me as I forgive pastor. <laughs> forgive me as I forgive mam fundis. Hey! Whoever was wrong, I want you to pray and ask God to forgive you as you forgive them. Mention the person's name. Even sometimes, mention what they have done to you and forgive them. It's time for us to receive healing in our hearts. Pray wherever you are. Father, we ask you for the grace to forgive those that have hurt us, Lord. Those that have caused us pain. Give us grace, Lord, to forgive all those that have hindered us, Lord. All those that have caused us great pain. 
You want to be saved. You are here, you are not born again, and you are saying, Pastor, I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. I want you to raise your right hand. Raise your right hand. Wherever you are, God wants to forgive you. Raise your right hand. I can see the right hand. If you have raised your right hand, I want you to come forward to me. Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. Let's clap for them as they come. Oh, let's clap properly. Wow. Those of you who are standing in front, the Bible says that Jesus said that if you are not ashamed of him in front of people, he will not be ashamed of you in front of the Father. He says that 
If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He died for your sins and rose on the third day. When He died for your sins, He took your place as a sinner so that you could take his place as a child of God. I want you to follow me in this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I come to you today. Just as I am. Just as I am. Father. Father, you know my sins. You know my sins. The ones that I've done in public. The ones, the ones that, that I've done in public. The one and the ones that I've done in secret. And the ones that I've done in secret. Today, today, I ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness. Your word says, Your word says if any man, if any man, including me, including me, comes to you, comes to you, you will not turn him back. You will not turn him back. Father, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. I believe. I believe with all of my heart with all of my heart that Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ was crucified was crucified buried because of my sins because of my sins he was punished he was punished because of my sins because of my sins he went to hell he went to hell because of my sins because of my sins he took my place he took my place so that i could take his place so that i could take his place as a child of god as a child of god today Today, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am born again. I am born again. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. Because Jesus, because Jesus took my place, took my place as a sinner. As a sinner. Father, Father, write my name. Write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Amen.